The Ash Kip, Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast. Now, even people that aren't cricket fans will know this man because, well, there was a time when Australia was just dominant in cricket, like 2004 uh, to about 2011. We just world beaters, just won everything. I used to see him every day. I'd be, I was the on-field MC for Cricket Australia. I'd see him at the... Yeah, I'd see him at the bre- breakfast buffet. The breakfast yeah, buffet. Right. <laughs> mm, for some reason, they let me eat with the team. Yeah, and, that uh, is weird. You'd see Ricky. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's one of our genuine greats. Yeah, what a time to be in captain any, of in Australia any, in any yeah. cricketing arena. Ricky Ricky Ponting's a, a true legend. Now he's got his own wine too. <laughs> Hello, Ricky. How are you, mate? Yeah, good morning, guys. <laughs> I want to talk about the wine in just a second, but uh, Susan and I have been sitting here this morning. I've been uh, watching that doco uh, on Justin Langer, and I know he's got his trials and tribulations at the moment, but. Uh, You've played your part with the Australian cricket team. I watched that doco and I keep thinking, Ricky Ponting should be coaching the Australian cricket team. Like, <laughs> no, honestly, like Nathan, we played that grab before Nathan Lyon said you're a great teacher. Obviously you are. Have you got any interest in sort of taking on the head role for Australian cricket? Or No, I actually haven't. It's just it's too big a job for me with where I'm at in my life now. You know, with a pretty young family, you know, I've got a... 13-year-old, a 9-year-old and a 6-year-old boy. So um, it's just too much time on the road. I've spent my whole sort of life mm. you know, playing in, in that Australian team and travelling around the world. And, and, you know, I think whenever you're around the Australian team, it's it's 10 or 11 months of the year that you're out of, actually out of your own home. And that's not something that I'm willing to be able to do again just yet. I, I've, I've said for a long time now, I think that the coach of the Australian team probably needs to have sort of a slightly older family, you know, the kids have moved moved out and moved yeah. away and you can you can sort of focus on coaching that team and being away from home for long periods of time. So it, it's perfect for, for Justin really right now. And I know he's had a pretty tough run over the last the last few weeks. He's been well he had been locked up in a quarantine hotel in Adelaide and was sort of fending <laughs> off shots left, right and centre. Hmm. But um yeah no, he's I still think he's absolutely the right man for the job and I think he's done an amazing job with the Australian team over the last three years. Yeah, I just came back from the Olympics and I was talking to some of the coaches there um, saying, is this generation, can you not speak to athletes the same way you used to, say back in the 90s or the 2000s? And, and they were saying that mm. maybe um, Langer needs to not be so 80s or 90s, you know, like old school and be a bit more sensitive new age guy. Is that how <laughs> it's, got, it's mm. gone now with being, coach, being a coach? Yeah, look, I think it is, to be honest. Like, I, I, I coach in the IPL, um, I have done for the last five or six years and so when you're there, you're sort of uh, coaching five or six different cultures as well as different age groups and different people. So you, you, I think you do now have to be really flexible. I think if you've got a certain level of cricket IQ and you know you know what's going on um, with preparation and what's going on in the game, I think most of it now comes down to um, just managing people in your, in your change room and in your team. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, coaching now is a lot different than it was certainly when I started playing. Uh, you can see that in all sports. I think AFL footy is a really good example of that as well, where you know AFL coaches used to be very hard and very direct and uh, yeah. very abrasive, if you like. I think that's league changed too. a lot now. Um, mm. So Yeah, and league as well. Yeah, I've, been league, yeah. Yeah. I've been watching the Stocko on the West Tigers. And, yes. You, know, you can see there's still a bit of the old school stuff there, but there's a lot of new age stuff as well. But a lot of the time now with, with players that... You need to put your arm around them and give them a pat on the back and let, yeah. let them know that everything's going okay rather mm. than sort of hitting them right between the eyes all the time. But, look, there's still a, there still is a time and place that I believe. I don't think you can be too honest. I don't think you can be, be too harsh. You just, you know, you've just got Change to be able to, I think, be a bit flexible, yeah. Isn't that a magic ingredient, though, because you, you're talking about... Uh cricket, AFL, rugby league, and at the end of the day, you, a certain amount of sporting IQ in whatever your field is, but that man management, 
and and the way that you handle different personalities, different cultures, like you you just said at the time, you you just seem very skilled at it. You seem very natural. It comes very natural to you as a captain, as a leader. All of that type of stuff seems like it's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, and I think I've, I think I've just learnt that along the way as well. You know, I, I sort of played through the, you know, the not so professional era of Australian cricket into the ultra um, professional era as well. So I saw that. You know, I saw the dressing room change, and I saw people change, and you see, um, you know, the the, <clears throat> the different generations coming in and out of the team. So, um, yeah, I had to I had to be that as a captain, and I think that's just flown over, flowed over into what I've done as a coach as well. And um, it sounds like, and I'm, this is just reading between the lines because I haven't really spoken to Justin the last week, but I think that was some of the feedback that Justin might have got from some of the senior players. So that, uh, and and you know, he, apparently he's taking it on the chin. He, he wants to he wants to be better. He wants to improve. He wants to be you know, the best coach and the best person that he could be. So, um, and if, if he does that, I, I think there's some really good things that are going to happen with this Australian team in the next six months. And where's your skill set lie with the wines, Ricky? Is it just drinking for, for years? Or like, yeah, well, you, you were one drinker back in the day. I'm trying yeah. to remember what back in, you know, because you, know, you, you weren't no, always this really. polished individual, Rick, when you were 18. <laughs> you were, you were, like the rest of us, you were loose. Rough around the edges. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, the Mowbray boy from the northern side of the <laughs> yeah, I, wasn't, I wasn't really sitting back around the table at night um, having a steak and a red wine. I must have been. Right. Much more of a much more of a sort of a barbecue and a beer sort of upbringing um, yeah. that, I, that I had. But, um, no, look, it's only been really since I met my wife. My wife sort of probably introduced me to wine, really. Um, and, you know, so we've been together 20-odd years now. And um, our our passion, I guess, and our expertise and our knowledge on, on wine's obviously grown and improved through that period of time to the point where we thought we might even have a crack at having our own label. And it's been, um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been the first time that Rana and I have really been able to work together on our own business, if you like. And, you know, we launched in... Well, we're ready to launch in March last year. We did the official launch in May last year, which is when sort of COVID really started to hit Australia and the world pretty hard. So it's um, uh, it hasn't been ideal, I guess, in a business sense that we've right. sort of launched when we did. You know, online sales and everything like that have been have been really strong. So I think probably like me and <laughs> yeah. probably like some of you guys, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people have been sitting at home and having <laughs> a drink wine, wine like never before. Yeah, wine sales yeah, are exactly. up. Yeah. And how did you come up with the, come the name? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was yeah a lot of a lot of thought went into the name. It was hard to, it was hard to come up with that. Um, it's ponding wines, by the way. We, <laughs> we don't think we've said it yet. We, we've got. A, we should mention we, we've got a case of uh, oh, some. of ponting close of play cab sav to Oof. give away. It's oh, one. It's won three gold medals. One yeah. in London, one in Frankfurt, and one in New York, Langhorn re- Creek, respectively. So. 13. We actually added a fourth last week, actually. It won, a, it won another gold medal in the China Wine and Spirits Awards as well last week. So yeah, um, good. That wine in particular has really hit the ground running. We've got, I mean, that's what we're most proud of. We, we, we know we've got we've got premium product and, we, and we've chosen some of the most premium wine-growing areas in the world to, to get the wine from, uh, certainly in Australia. And our and our winemaker is a guy called Ben Riggs who's based in McLaren Vale, one of Australia's best winemakers. And, um, yeah, so we've also just launched a... A milestone 127 Barossa Shiraz that has only been entered into one um, wine show, which is the Melbourne International Wine Show. And I've got 95 points and a gold medal there as well. So, oh, okay. um, so it's been it's been great fun. As I was saying earlier, like Fiona and I through some pretty challenging times, certainly here in in Victoria, to be able to get up on a daily basis and work together on our own little um, business bench has been a lot of fun. Thank God you can work with your wife. Imagine if you could work <laughs> yeah. with all these cricketers from all different cultures. Yes. And I just can't read her. <laughs> Yeah. The one person you can't get on with. Is your wife, <laughs> yeah. Just one well, last. I didn't say I didn't say it wasn't challenging. <laughs> <laughs> Behind closed doors, but just one last quick wine question. So you don't you don't have one particular wine.
winery. You get your wine from all different wineries. Yeah, from different regions. Yeah. So what what we tried That's to do through brand, mm. yeah. So what we tried to do through the brand is tell a bit of a story about me and my upbringing and where I'm from in Tasmania. So we've got two Tasmanian wines at the range as well. We've got a uh, the Mowbray Boy, as we we're talking about earlier, the Mowbray Boy Pinot Noir, which is from Northern Tasmania, and also a Tasmanian Chardonnay as well. Which the Chardonnay actually got 95 points rated by James Halliday earlier in the, in the year as well. So um, a couple of wines from Tasmania. Mm. Um, most of the wine coming from South Australia, where Ben Riggs is based. So um, a, a Shiraz from McLaren Vale, or Adelaide Hills Sauvignon Blanc, as we talked earlier. The the close of play uh, Cab Stab is from um, Langhorn Creek. So. Yeah, we've, we've, as I say, we're talking about some of the more premium wine-growing regions in Australia that we've, we, we're, we're taking our wines from. That's a great one to give away because yes. that's a celebratory, you know, uh, end-of-the-day drink, the oh. uh, the close of play. Thanks for joining us, Ricky. Cheers, Ricky. Hey, good on you guys. Always a pleasure. Thank you. The Ash Kip Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast is a Nova podcast. For more great comedy shows like this, head to novapodcasts.com.au.